year what is going on everybody we are back with another episode of from my experience podcast i hope you all have been doing well by the time you hear this it will be november i hope you got out and i hope you voted i hope you're being safe i hope that for this thanksgiving holiday if you celebrate that you get a chance to spend it with some family and during that break, you should go listen to some of the back catalog because I got some real dope episodes. Um, I want to give a shout out to all of our Instagram followers. Thank you, everyone who's following FME underscore podcast. And if you're not, go ahead and follow us now. Make sure you join the Facebook group. Shout out to everybody in the Facebook group where we have great discussions. It gets a little crazy sometimes, but I know how to use the delete button and the remove button and the block button. Uh, but from my experience podcast, search it on Facebook join the group and make sure you check out our affiliates we now have four affiliate affiliate links for you we have gardener's garden where you can buy natural products skincare oral health care things of that nature we have retro mimi where you can buy pocket retro gaming systems yes you know i'm a gaming nerd so i had to go find someone out there that i could hook y'all up with on that tip Acre Gold, if you want to do some passive investment and you would like to own some gold, maybe you just want to pass it down to your kids. Maybe you just want to have it to look at it. Maybe you want to melt it down and make some jewelry. I don't know. But Acre Gold gives you monthly subscriptions to purchasing bars of gold. And lastly, our newest affiliate, Black Water. Maybe you've had it. Maybe you haven't. It's literally water that is black. And it is actually a mineral that makes the water black. Um, I actually got some recently and I actually really like it and I'm gonna be drinking it a lot more. So make sure you check out those affiliate links in the description. Now, today, listen, we've been on a roll lately. Today's guest, uh, I've known her since 88. Um, not really, but <laughs> we went to college together and we have been friends ever since and she's always been cool down to earth and one thing i respect about her the most she's always been about her business she's always moving forward and the the mountain that she has built and has ascended is vastly impressive i don't say this enough to my friends and i have not said this to her but i am very very proud of you because I remember the struggle days. I remember the struggle days. So hopefully the struggle has ended. But ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we have a licensed marriage and family therapist. She is the owner and therapist of Building Bridges Family Therapy and the owner and coach of Beyond Achieving Coaching and Consulting. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Shaquinta Richardson. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> that was amazing. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Good. Your smile tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> yeah, no, we've been we've been down for a minute. We've been down for a minute. I know, man. Gosh, make me feel dusty thinking about them days. Oof. You are. It's okay. So, I'm gonna have to start a little bit differently with you. And I read something, I'm, I'm gonna skip around. So y'all, this, this interview is gonna go a little bit differently. 
I read something that really, really, really hit home. And I want to start with your interesting story because what you what you do has always been extremely vital, especially to the black community, but especially now amongst, uh, you know, this outbreak with COVID-19. So you talked about moving to Houston with your wife and starting your business and kind of like how you transitioned and how the pandemic affected everything. Can you walk, talk us through that? Like what, what, what was going on at the time? So I, I had a, I had a pretty interesting transition. Um, I had already planned to move to Houston. Um, I was getting married, supposed to get married in September. That, you know, did not happen because of COVID. Um, I was a professor at a college in South Carolina. Again, I had already planned to transition out of that role, move to Houston, build my practice here, all that good stuff. Um, and so when when COVID happened, when everything shut down, went online, I had I had my private practice on the side. Um, it was my part-time job while I was a professor full-time. And so I would see a small number of clients. And I was really worried when I moved to Houston that, you know, it would be a slow build. I, you know, would have to, my, my wife would have to, um, you know, support us for a little bit right. while I was building my practice and all that good stuff. Um, but soon as, you know, everything shut down in March, everything went online. Yeah. Everybody went online. And so my practice was online. Um, the clients that I did have, school was starting to be online. And so it was a very easy transition for me to, one, move all, move all of my current clients to online practice. But also now everybody is seeking online practice. And so I actually moved earlier than I planned to Houston. I didn't have to lose any clients. Nice. I actually gained a whole bunch more because, you know, more people are home. More people are, you know, really struggling right now. And so more and more people are needing the support. And so rather than having to um, possibly transition some of my clients, transfer them, many of them not want to, you know, move to, to virtual practice if this hadn't happened, my practice just kind of boomed Yes. early on. And I, and I, I didn't have to worry at all. Like I, you know, I've already, I'll, I'll be as transparent, but I've already like replaced my salary from my full-time job. Ooh. So it's been, it's been amazing. Like, I know that COVID has been a really huge challenge for a lot of people in a lot of different ways, but I do also know that it's been really, really helpful for a good bit of people in, in some other ways. And it has been really helpful for me as I've transitioned, you know, to this new space in my life. And so with, well, first of all, um, my birthday is December 17th. Um, <laughs> no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just wanted, I just wanted to highlight that because when I read that, I was like, wow, because I always try to find the silver lining. Like COVID is, I mean, is jacked up, man. And it's, it's funny, kind of much like you, it gave me a chance to really sit down because, you know, I teach and when I left school in March, I ain't been bike since. So I had to also sit down and I've had a chance to kind of meditate and my podcast blew up. Like my listeners have literally like, I don't even know the number, sextupled, is that it? Like, it's crazy. Um, I guess a lot of people are home listening and it actually adds more meaning and purpose to what I do because I try to spread that positivity and give people encouragement and hope. Um, mm -hmm. So now from what I remember, 
you were more so when you were in school together on the business track, right? Yeah. So I didn't know whether to include that in my, you know, interesting story because I, I'm not sure how interesting that is. But yeah, my my undergrad degree is actually in marketing. Okay, so walk us through how you went from, I know parts of the story, but walk us through how you went from marketing and kind of like the steps you took to end up where you are now. And I think this is an interesting story because a lot of us, especially me, I mean, I'm in my mid thirties, I've had really two different careers. I'm back into my first career, I career hopped. As you get older and you start experiencing things, you know, some, you know, and the way I was raised, it was like, oh, go, go to school and get you a job. You sit, stay over there for 30 years and then you retire and get your good retirement. It's like, eh, but I'm miserable though. So uh -huh. what were those things that kind of happened that let you know, nah, this ain't it? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'll try to keep this, you know, keep it short. Um, so right out of college, I, I actually, I did an internship the summer before my senior year at a major corporation, a, a Fortune 50 company. Mm -hmm. I won't say it's, I don't know if I can say names, but I won't you, say it's name. <laughs> you can, I mean, go ahead, don't say okay, it. Okay. It, it ain't gonna hurt nobody. Okay, well, I worked at Target. Mm -hmm. um, so I worked at Target uh, right out of college and I was a business analyst in their merchandising division. Mm -hmm. And so basically, the business analyst at Target is responsible for whatever your, your specific section is or your specific department. You're responsible for make, making sure that all of the stores, all the stores in the country stay um, stocked on those those um, particular items. So it can be a thousand items that you're responsible for. So I was managing like million, multi-million dollar sections of oh. Target's business um, in terms of, you know, the, the stocking of it. Um, somebody else did like the buying and the, you know, picking the products and stuff. But so that was my role. Um, and I just, I hated it. It was numbers. It was more numbers. It was being responsible for things that fr quite frankly, I didn't really care about. Um, like, you know, we were, we were, um, judged on or measured on, you know, how in stock the items were. So if something dropped below a certain percentage, okay, Target lost $5,000. I don't give a damn. I'm not making that money myself. So I don't care, about, you know, how stock you are. You you lost 5000 but you made a billion. I don't care. Right. So it's like that kind of thing where it just, it wasn't something that I was passionate about. Um, and not even, I understand like in, in any kind of field, you start at the bottom for the most part um, when you're working for, somebody else's industry um but i didn't see a role beyond the one that i was in that i actually wanted to work towards mm. and the things that i enjoyed about my job like meeting people getting to know um people who came in after me helping people get adjusted um talking to people when they were having trouble or struggling in their role or adjusting to the city or whatever the case all the things that i enjoyed about what i was doing have nothing to do with my actual job description and so I had some come to Jesus meetings with myself of like, do I really want to be here? And why do I want to be here? Oof. And the, the reality is, this is the funny part. The, the reason I wanted to go into marketing in, in the first place, I had always wanted to be a doctor. From the time I was a little girl, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted mm -hmm. to be a medical doctor. I wanted to be an OBGYN. First semester of college, realized I don't like science. So that's not going to work. But then I was like, what do I want to do? Don't laugh at me, Rob. I was watching Tupin play that game. And Vivica Fox, 
<laughs> Classic. I gotta watch it tonight now. <laughs> okay. I want to be a doctor. I could be a marketing executive. And so I was like, marketing. And that's what I did. But part of the reason is I didn't really know. I didn't know any better. I didn't have any any role models. I didn't have anybody to show me, like, what are different possibilities for careers that you can take? So I got it from movies. It's like, that's. I'm that's laughing, but I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a get off topic and get right back, right back on topic. That is why the portrayal of our people is so important. For some mm -hmm. of us, that's all that we have. Mm -hmm. Like, we're laughing, but you made an entire career choice and, a and chose a college pathway based off of that. And you mm -hmm. gained valuable experience. So the way we are portrayed is very important. I know some people are like, oh, it's just a movie. It's just a joke. It's like, no, some people are looking at that. Like, for some people, that's a mother figure or a father figure, like some of these actors and actresses. But that is... <laughs> <laughs> and if you have not seen two can play that game go watch it now but okay i'm sorry I, that... it, it, it was funny now i think it back but i really I, I didn't know any better but when i got into marketing i liked it mm -hmm. but then when i got into the actual field and i think some for a lot of us we graduate we get these degrees and we graduate and we realize that the real world is not exactly like the classroom experience was and so that was that piece um and so Fast forwarding, did it some come, you know, some more soul searching and realized that um, I wanted to help people. I wanted to be in a role where things really, I felt like I was making an impact on people's lives, like a direct impact. Mm. Did some more research, discovered marriage and family therapy, went back, got my master's, and the rest is history. Went and, you know, got my PhD um, and became a professor of marriage and family therapy. And I just left that role and here I am now. Now, why marriage and family therapy? Uh, so there, there are a lot of different mental health, um, like licensure, different mental health um, types of professionals. So there's, there's social workers, professional counselors, psychologists, um, you know, marriage and family therapists, et cetera. And we all pretty much do the same types of things. Um, but for me, I, I, I chose marriage and family therapy because we are what we call systemic thinkers. So... For some therapists, um, I know social workers have a similar type of approach, but for us, we are not looking at just a person. Even if we're working with an individual, which we often do because people think that, you know, marriage family therapists don't work with individuals. We do. Whenever we're working with anybody, we're considering their entire context, um, their relationships. So they're having some type of issue. We're looking at it from a perspective of what's going on internally as well as how is it interacting with the different areas of their lives. So how, how does that interact with family? How does it interact with partners, friends, work environments? Because we don't exist, you know, in a bubble. We exist within our context. And so we're looking at how those things interact and also like how do they influence one another back and forth. So how does your environment influence your symptoms of whatever might be occurring? And so I thought that that was important because like I said, like we don't, we don't just exist by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so if we try to solve problems by just looking at the one person, the you 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 can't you can't make sustainable change that way. Oh, might just school me. Let me get my life together. Now you <laughs> now I've read about your clientele here, um, working with Black women, POC. That's people of color, correct? Uh huh. Yes, I got one right. <laughs> um, and queer folk. So mm -hmm. is this um. 
was this your target audience from the beginning? Like, how did you come to say, okay, this is kind of who I want to focus on? So, no, it wasn't my target from the beginning. So when I first, um, when I first started practicing, you know, when you're learning, you work with everybody and you kind of try to have an idea of populations that you would like to work with. And so when I first graduated with my master's, um, I was focusing more on people with disabilities. Um, and oh, part wow. of that, or a big part of that was because I was working at Charles Lee, um, familiar with Charles Lee. Yes. And as a disabilities board. And so I was working directly as a case coordinator um, while I was working on my, on my master's. And so I got really interested in um, supporting people with disabilities, different types of disabilities, um, but specifically intellectual and developmental. And so when I went on to my PhD, that's the research that I did. And as I went on in that process, I started to kind of drill down and um, kind of hone that, those interests a, a bit more. Mm -hmm. And that incorporated um, disability, race, and gender. So that was my, my focus during my, my PhD and my research of, you know, how do people with um, basically black women and some and men and the different experiences that they may have um, with disabilities, like how do those experiences look different? Or what is the unique what is the uniqueness of those experiences as it relate to being a person of color or a black person specifically with a disability? Um, and so fast forwarding, going into practice, I have I haven't been working with as many people with disabilities, but I do work with a lot of black men and women um, and the other issues with gender and sexual orientation. Um, and so really I just I enjoy working with um, what you know many people call marginalized populations and supporting people dealing with issues that I know I've dealt with myself, dealt with uh, myself of being, you know, the only black person or the only black woman or the only queer person or the only, you know, whatever the case may be and how isolating and how difficult that is just being that person on a day-to-day -day basis in this, I can speak briefly. Yes. The vast country. Yes, this country is very fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially for the groups of people that you just named, uh, whew. we talk about that all day long. Um, so this is a question I have for you and thinking about what you do and I'm assuming some of the conversations you have with these people, you, you're hearing about what they've been through or what they're going through and you're trying to help them. How do you balance helping them and helping them move forward and not trying to take on too much of that to weigh yourself down because like you said those some of those experiences that they're sharing you've been through so i know sometimes i can probably bring things up so how do you balance your own emotions with what you do how do you balance your own personal emotions with what you do professionally so that's something that i've you know i, I i've been in this this field for a good while now and it was much harder early on than it is now and Basically, I've learned how to, one, feel my own feelings and process my own um, issues around race and gender and sexual orientation um, so that I'm not as triggered by what they're saying. And so I can understand where they're coming from without having to necessarily um, get right into that emotional space with them. Because if I'm in that emotional space with them, then I can't help, I, I can't help pull them up and out and so part of it has been you know processing my own traumas my own experiences and kind of finding my own strength in that way um and but also like self-care is on jam like one thing people know about me is i i take care i take good care of myself 
Um, if I have a particularly challenging session with a client, um, then after that session, I may take some time to myself to, you know, okay, let me breathe, let me meditate, maybe do some quiet time, whatever I need to do. Because um, I'm still human, like I still have feelings, I still right. um, care for my clients. And when they're hurting, I, I'm, I still empathize. Um, but it doesn't affect me as deeply to the point where I am sitting in a session boohoo crying every time, you know, with yeah. them, because then it's not about them anymore. It's about you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so really just trying to keep the, doing my own work so that I can keep the focus on them and kind of walk alongside them rather than, you know, being, being right there with them in the pain, um, fully. I commend you. Um, I can only, I guess, relate to that in a tip of the iceberg type of way with, you know, working with kids um, and remembering what it was like. And it's funny now because I teach sixth grade and sixth grade was like one of the roughest years for me. So I like really these kids are always going to have a special place in my heart. And I don't like, ever like to see them going through anything or hurting or anything because it, it really pisses me off personally. So I could just imagine you know, seeing people on the, an adult level going through some of those things in which you just must deal with. I commend you for that. I don't know if I got the strength. Mm. It, it's, it's, it's challenging work. It is. But I, I think one of the things that I have realized about people through, through doing therapy is people are a lot more resilient and a lot stronger than we give them credit for. Um, I was, we, I was on, on my honeymoon this past couple of days and a lady had an anxiety attack like while we were heading up a mountain to do an excursion we were going to do the little razors or whatever oh, and she had serious? a full panic attack on the way up oh yeah we have less um and you know everybody's like crawling around here it's like it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay you know it's okay we're here for you we're here for you and i'm like she's like yes here's what you need to do i just do these things but like she's not she's not fragile she's not dying right you know the anxiety is absolutely real but she can like she can she can handle it she has the support of us here the things that we can do we can work through this um people like she needs to go back she needs to go back i'm like not if she doesn't want to if she wants to continue and do this thing after this anxiety attack passes she can do that you know this doesn't this isn't a debilitating um disorder that she cannot handle she's handling it you know, I, I just, I just didn't, I didn't see her as a fragile person just because she had an anxiety attack. Mm -hmm. Like that's very real, um, but it doesn't have to take over. Y'all hear that? You're more resilient than you're probably giving yourself credit for. You're strong, and you have to be strong. Mm -hmm. Um, talk to me Not about. Not all the time. It's okay, you know. Be vulnerable sometimes, and need to, you know, take a rest. <laughs> yes, be hum be human. Like, yeah, for real. Like, um, it and it's funny that that brings me to the quote of you know, well, not quote. I don't know, but you hear sometimes check on your strong friends, you know, mm -hmm. because that's a very that's a very real thing. And you're right. Like, I think too many people holding in and like oh, I'm good, I'm good. Like people when people say I'm good all the time, that scares the shit out of me because I'm like, no, you're, there's no way. Then and if you are good all the time, give me the damn secret, please. Like, but yeah, I think what you just said is, is highly important, man. Be vulnerable and find someone you're comfortable with that you can be vulnerable with. Okay. Beyond achieving coaching and consulting, 
Now, where did uh, this come into play? Okay, so this is this is like my like my passion project. Uh oh. Um, so, the majority of my clients, I work with black men, black women, and queer folks. So, my my clients who are not black are typically queer. <laughs> I mean, this is how it, how it happens. My 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 profile is very clear on you know who I um, I'm you know targeting my services towards, um, and so a lot of my clients are black women. And so I was seeing a lot of what, one of the main things that I ask in my sessions, my very first initial intake is how you take care of yourself. And 90% of the women that I talk to say, what, what, what do you mean? Ooh, What's that? no. Yeah. It's like, or they, or they'll say flat out nothing. Or they'll say, I used to do this, this thing, but I just don't have the time anymore. And so it was just con this consistent, like, women not having time or space, even just to breathe, just right. to take a moment, just to have a, a, you know, a second to themselves, do anything for themselves um, to make sure that they're okay. They're making sure everybody else is okay. They're working hard. They're taking care of families. They're doing all these things, but they're not on their own priority list. And we have to, like, it's, like, people think of self-care, it's become, this, it's become a buzzword. Um, and I'm glad that it's buzzing because it's important. But it's not this, you know, surface level, I'm going to go and get my nails done or I'm going to take a bubble bath. Like, those things are great, but that's not all it is. And so I really want to help women get to a place of understanding that, you know, this, this idea of self-care on a deeper level is really being able to recognize and honor our own needs, whether that's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, sexual, whatever the case, so that we can make sure that our needs are being met and that every everybody else's needs are coming are, aren't coming before ours and we're just kind of left with the scraps, which is what happens for so many. So so many. And that's always been I needed those words about 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah, you're, you're a thousand percent correct. Uh, we talk about that on here um, quite a bit about loving yourself, taking care of yourself, um, getting to know yourself, you know, mm -hmm. understanding yourself, prioritizing yourself. Cause that, that's me. Like I, I, for a majority of my life, put everyone first. And it's funny, I got that from my dad. My dad did that, and I literally watched how it deteriorated, I can't pronounce it, deteriorated him as a person. Like, I watched him fall apart in front of me because he realized later in life that they're going to take care of themselves first before they even get back to him, even though he just, you know, pulled you out of a hole. And I said to myself, I don't want that to be me. Mm -hmm. Don't want that to be me. Um... And people are going to try to call you selfish and put you on guilt trips sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to that. No. Because mm -hmm. no one is going to have your back like you. <laughs> you are with you all the time, no matter what. No matter what. Okay. Um, now you talk about your greatest influence being your sister. Tell us about your wonderful sister. My sister. Oh, oh my god! The way she—I wish they could see the way you. <laughs> oh, 
love my sister. Anybody knows knows me knows I do not play about my sister. Um, so my sister is six years older than me. And growing up, it was just me, her, and my mom. And she she started working when she was fourteen years old at McDonald's. I don't know, I forget. She started working at McDonald's. She was fourteen years old, and she would help my mom pay bills um, because you know both of our dads were wherever they were, they were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was he was in and out of prison growing up. Um, I love my dad though. Um, he you know he wasn't always there. He wasn't always as um, financially helpful to my mom. Um, and so my sister, she she took up the slack a lot of times, um, which meant she had to sacrifice a lot. You know, she couldn't go and do and just be a teenager. And, th- and this is a lot, you know, this is a story of a lot of black kids. Like, this is not a right. um, unique story. Um, but she, a lot of times she sacrificed for me specifically. And there are there are lots of key moments that I know that she did things for me that even my mom couldn't do or my dad, you know, couldn't do. Um, and she stepped up and did it. Like she bought my prom dress for me. Um, she, she paid for me to pledge. Like, like got lots of different things. I stayed with her my senior year of high school. I lived with her. Um, so she's, she's made a lot of sacrifices so that I could be here. She went to college. She didn't get to graduate because she had to work multiple jobs. She was trying to help, you know, support me and, and my mama. Um, and so I just know she's made a lot of sacrifices throughout the years that she did not have to make. And she does not complain about any of it. She she doesn't complain about um, anything that has happened up to this point. She just keeps moving and she keeps working. She is the epitome of that that strong black woman, and I'm trying to get her to stop. You know, <laughs> you know that that person for everybody because she will give you she will give, you know, person she cares about. Even if she doesn't know him, she will, she will do what she can for anybody. And I mean that is a, that is a beautiful quality. It's a beautiful thing that I, I really admire about her. Um, she's always been very smart. She's like she's really intelligent. Um, she's very resourceful. She's very logical. She's a lot of different things um, that I know if she had, if she had her, like I had her, she, right. I can imagine what she, she, she would have done, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I love my sister to death. I will go to bat for her. She can have whatever, you know, any, any accomplishment that I've ever had. I, I know that I've only gotten here because of her. Siblings. Mm-hmm. I love my sister. I, I will fight for my sister. She's like, like a, almost a whole foot taller than me. Not really. She's like seven inches taller than me. But <laughs> that is beautiful, man. That is beautiful. If you're a sibling out there, I hope you really took that in. Especially if you're the older sibling and you have a younger sibling trailing behind you. Um, because I'm a young younger sibling, and I tell my kids this um, in the classroom. I ask them how many have you know, younger brothers and sisters and they raise their hand and I say, how many of them um, be up under you and getting on your nerves and they raise their hand? And I say, how many of them want to run with you when you go outside with your friends and they raise their hand? And I'm like, how many of them want to play video games with you when you're playing video games and they raise their hand? And I was like, I was like, you're probably the person they're going to spend the most time with. And I said, they're looking at you because they admire you. They probably want to be just like you. So I'm like, every now and again, Put yourself to the side and take care of that little person because that that's your homie that's your buddy that's your brother that's your sister 
you know. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of my kids by the end of the school year is like, I did what you said, and they were so happy, and you know, we don't fight as much, and it's just, it just warms my heart. Ooh. Okay, I'll have a couple more questions because I'm gonna let you go. Um, I know you got to get back to uh, the honeymoon life. <laughs> so honeymoon stage now. You're um you personally, you're a planner and you're a traveler. Talk to us about that. And it, and is this um part of your own personal self-care? Yes. So that's another like thing people do not get it like planning <laughs> is my uh, I just I, it's my favorite pastime. I I love planning probably I like you love gaming maybe. Like that might be a no, like fairly. Like, I, I feel you. I know. I actually feel you with the planning thing too. But yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah, like I sit and watch. Like when I don't have, you know, I'm not even when I don't have anything to do. Like when I have some some free time, I'm like okay, what can I go do? I'm gonna go watch planning videos and play my planners. Like that's what I do. <laughs> and it's it's literally my. It's soothing. It's calming. It takes some thought, um, but it's my creative outlet. There's a whole community around it. Um, I'm in multiple like planner groups where we, you know, exchange ideas about our planners and show like spreads and all that good stuff. And um, I've gotten, you know, into the expensive, you know, investment side of it where it's like, you know, it's just it's a rabbit hole. Um, but that's the fun side of it. But the other part of it is it helps me to manage my life. Yes. Like so, so much of it is I've always been a planner because I recognize the power of having a plan and following it. And that doesn't mean you're like inflexible because that's that's one thing people are like you got to control things. Blah, blah, blah. It's like no, I have I have command over my time so that I know what I can do, what I what I can't do or can't do right now, and it gives me more freedom because one, I don't have to think about it so much. I don't have to keep everything in my head. I don't have to figure out where I put something, where things are. That saves so much mental energy. The time that I put in sitting down, I sit down every Sunday night. And I get my planner ready. It's like, what do I need to do this week? What are my priorities? What does the time look like? X, Y, and Z. And I, I do the the functional part of it to make sure I got what I need in order to um, utilize my time to my advantage. Because time is a resource. Like, it is a resource that we cannot get back. And we waste a lot of it. <laughs> we waste a lot of it. Um, and so much of it just trying to figure out what we got to do. So... That's what I do, but then I take the fun part after I've done that. I'm like, ooh, how do I make it look pretty? <laughs> Don't call. Sorry. I knew that was going to happen. Um, <laughs> I you. <laughs> this is why I love doing interviews. That was what you just said was like your golden, the golden nugget of your interview just now. It, I agree with you a thousand percent. I always tell people about just having a plan, even if you don't follow it 100% of the time. It just feels so good to have something to refer back to. Even mm -hmm. if it changes, even if you need to move it, even if it just serves for reflective purposes, it just mm -hmm. feels so good. Because I used to hate not knowing. Mm -hmm. Like, I used to hate having to say, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I hate that. I'm sorry. My mouse is jumping all over my computer screen. I have no idea what's going on. Um... So y'all need to rewind that part and definitely listen to it. Like that's how, how, how I basically feel about planning. Like, and you're right. Like I don't plan like you plan with like on the, yeah, I figured that was going to happen. Mine. 
Okay. All right, we bite technical issue. This is called a punch in for those of you who uh, are in the podcast business. You know what that is. And all you rookies out there, sometimes you got to punch in when you have technical issues. But what I was saying was go back and listen to that portion where Shaquinta was talking about. Uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Richardson was talking about pl- <laughs> was talking about planning. It's really important. Um, and I like I was saying, I don't do it on her level. But me personally, I like stuff, right? So I like to plan the stuff that I want. So I love researching and learning about the different ones and then writing it down and getting a price point and then looking at my finances and then like, all right, yo, if I put aside this much a month in about three or four months, I can go cop this. And then this will fit into this part of the plan. Like, and it just is so fulfilling because I feel like I accomplish and I achieve something every single day. And it sharpens my mind, it sharpens my senses. And like you said, it makes it easier to look at someone when they want you to do something or go somewhere and you say, nah, I can't do that. I can't do that, nah. Cause you know you got that plan. Like, I wanna get this thing in three months. Now if I go, that's gonna knock it back another four months. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it helps me with the responsibility side. So that's why I say, I feel you on that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So another question, if you don't mind, because I love mm-hmm. my audience, I'm trying to help y'all out. Do you oh, have yeah. any, um, <laughs> <laughs> do you have any tips that you could give, especially the ladies out there, um, about, you know, self-care, self-love? What are some things that they could be doing or should be doing? Just some general things. Mm-hmm. So I always struggle with this simply because I feel like self-care has to be really personalized. But um, some of the main things I think that are important for people is to have, one, a space, a space for themselves. If they live um, by themselves, then like just having a space in your in your home somewhere, whether it's a bedroom, office, a closet, it doesn't matter. Having a space where it's not cluttered, it's just you know, it feels um, peaceful and calm. Just to to be able to go when you need quiet, you need to feel still, you need to feel, um, you know, just able to just just breathe. Um, the other thing is being able to have time every day, like. Every day, even if it's just 10 minutes, time to yourself. Because so many people, like especially people who have families and children, it's so hard to get a moment to yourself to be able to, you know, like one of my sister's biggest things is like, you know, sneaking a a meal that she wants in the car without. (laughs) And like, I think people think that just because you have kids, that means you have to give everything. And that's just, it's not. It's not sustainable. Like, you know, we give. That's why so many parents, you know, have breakdowns and different things that happen. I won't, I won't get into that. But um, being able to take at least ten minutes a day just to yourself, a moment. I promise, like the world, life, family, partner, whoever, work can wait. So have a space, take time to yourself, and have some type of hobby, um, activity, interest, or something that's just for you something that does not require or rely on anybody else. Something that you enjoy just for the sake of enjoyment. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to do with work. It doesn't, you know, build any goal or work towards anything. It's not productive per se, just something that you enjoy just for the sake of enjoyment. So those would be my my three things. Um, and believe it or not, those things are really hard for people. <laughs> Um, I, I, I can believe it. They sound really simple, but it's, you know, we, we get into patterns, we get into grooves and we're so used to being 
in that lane, and then when you depart from it, a lot of times I think is it, well, some of the time I'm not gonna say a lot of times. Some of the times when you depart from it, it comes with side effects, you know. Mm-hmm. And there, there's you know when you change, other things around you are changing. Some people just don't want to deal with those you know, the attitude or you acting different or, you know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, can I love myself? Thank you. Like, <laughs> they're, they're hard, but they are so important. They're so, so, so important. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like trying to like having other people adjust to the changes that you make can be so uncomfortable. And that's what so people, so many people um, say backslide because they can't deal with the discomfort of quote unquote disappointing somewhere else, someone else. So they'll, you know, disappoint themselves and you know ignore their own own needs um but i would say those things are the big big three um in my mind and drink water drink black water if you check my description you'll see (laughs) (laughs) no seriously use our affiliate code try some black water uh but you're right yes drink water all right my last question for you you have been through a lot you have shared a lot we greatly 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 appreciate your words of wisdom so um, for that young man or young woman who is probably in high school listening to this, I don't know why you're in high school listening to me, or that person that's in, <laughs> how did you even find this podcast? Email me and let me know. Um, or that person <laughs> in college who, who may be, you know, on that, you know, not sure, not certain, kind of like you were. What words of wisdom do you have for them? Ooh. Somebody high schooler, somebody young adult, you have always been and will always be enough. Listen to your internal knowing, use your brain and your heart, allow them to inform one another. Don't let either one overpower the other too much because they are both important. Um, It's okay to change direction. It's okay to change path. Um, It's okay to say no to things that feel uncomfortable for you um and perfection is a myth so don't even don't let anybody ever tell you you have to be perfect at anything because they are the devil and the truth is not in them i'm just playing (laughs) (laughs) listen (laughs) i was dying (laughs) i I get what you're saying (sighs) shaquinta thank you for joining us we appreciate your time um we have to do this more often i'm gonna have to bother you again sometime next year to see where everything is tell tell the people out there where they can communicate with you contact with you um are you um you can work with what do your clients need to be located or does it not matter so for for my for therapy for building bridges i can only see people in south carolina so i'm only licensed in south carolina um to practice currently i'm working on my texas licensure but that um they or taking a while. So licensed in, in the state of South Carolina, so I can only work with people there. I do virtual therapy, um, so over video only. Um, but for Beyond Achieving, coaching is worldwide. Um, they are different, so I do um, do some you know, screening there to make sure people know the difference. Um, but yeah, coaching is worldwide. You can reach me for coaching um, on Instagram at Shaquinta. Um, or email me at shaquinta at beyondachieving.com. Um, and and um, for Building Bridges, you know, www.buildingbridgesonlytherapy.com. Um, building um, or you can email me at buildingbridgesft at gmail.com. Um, 
if you have any questions about anything, but potential clients should go to my website. All of this will be in the description for you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, oh, where's your planning stuff? Ah, so that is at Dr. Shaquinta, Dr. Shaquinta. Um, there is a link in my bio um, if someone is interested in like, you know, getting a planner made for them or customized for them. I'm doing that service. Um, but if you just want to like see my planners and follow my planners and see the things that I do, that is at the planning therapist. That will also be in the description. So thank you again for joining us. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. You already know, once again, you can find us on Instagram, FME underscore podcast. Join the Facebook group from my experience podcast. Check the affiliate links in the description. And if you have any questions or you want to be a guest or you have someone you want to recommend as a guest, FME podcast one at gmail.com. And until next time, take care of yourself mentally physically and financially, and we'll catch y'all next time. Peace.